Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, Washington Post's Aaron Gregg on Amazon's HQ2. Northern Virginia, Montgomery County, and D.C. all appear to be on the short list. I guess the criticism around having multiple bids was that we appear to be infighting once again. Our next guest is Aaron Gregg. Aaron is a reporter at the Washington Post. And he covers a local business community, which makes him one of the region's, well, basically go-to guys to try to understand what's going on and what's new and what trends are emerging here in town and business. Aaron, thanks for taking some time with, with us today. Thanks for having me on. Let's help our audience get to know you a little bit. How did you come to be a journalist here writing business articles for The Post? When I started into journalism, I didn't really know where it was going to lead. I was sort of studying abroad at the time. I was one of those weird kids who chooses to study abroad in Uganda, of all places. And so got this unpaid internship with The Observer. It's this sort of Ugandan weekly publication, uh, closely affiliated with the opposition party over there, and just sort of showed up, covered parliament for them for a little while. No idea what I was doing, no local political knowledge, just sort of learned the ropes by following their political reporter around. And anyway, after that, came home to the Atlanta area and um, covered my own backyard. Uh, felt like I, I did a much better job of that <laughs> and eventually sort of matriculated up here for grad school at Georgetown. And uh, here I am. So what do you think makes somebody a good journalist or good reporter yet? With your life experience, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think our job is to sort of bring things out when we can and contextualize it when something unex unexpected happens, like uh, three subregions in the D.C. area making Amazon's HQ2 shortlist. There's been a lot of speculation about whether we were competitive with other hubs like Atlanta and Denver and and um, you know other areas across the country. So it's it's pretty good to see that we uh, we had a couple of home runs in there. Well, let's talk about that. I also want to talk a bit about the local venture capital market because I know you've been following it closely. But let's talk about Amazon first. What do you think, as you've talked with people, I know there was a big issue with respect to could this region succeed if there were, in fact, three different bids? And it looks like there may, in fact, be three different bids. What did you hear and what do you think is going to be the next thing that's going to happen uh, as people respond to this HQ situation? Northern Virginia, Montgomery County, and D.C. all appear to be on the short list. And I guess the criticism around having multiple bids was that we appear to be infighting once again. Uh, we're sort of competing with each other within the region when we really should be sort of highlighting our, our regional strengths on the whole. The, the Council of Governments sort of initially voted to say, okay, maybe we should all band together on this and, and put in a, a joint regional bid that'll sort of present the region as a as a unit. That didn't work out. All, all the different regions sort of went their own separate ways, decided we don't want to do that. And, and so Council of Governments went back and said, okay, we're going to have an overlay, which is basically just a 40-page document about the D.C. region to sort of put, you know, in front of your actual applications to sort of say, well, we're Montgomery, but we're also part of D.C. region, or, well, we're PG, but we're also part of the D.C. region. And I'm I'm not sure whether that even ended up happening. I, I've, I've heard from some people in the local tech community that, you know, when they saw that overlay document, it was just dozens and dozens of sort of pages that they didn't really want even attached to their application because it was too long and not very interesting. You know, I don't know whether the three winning bidders did use that or not. They don't really share the details of their own applications, but it, it's clear that we do not have a, re, a regional unified approach on this at all. 
It would strike me, knowing what I know about workforce, that um, there's no way that we're going to find 50,000 people for the jobs Amazon wants filled without some sort of comprehensive workforce approach that cuts across the region. It's going to be very interesting to see how we step up to it. Speaking of stepping up to it, you covered a week or two ago, you went and you looked deep at the venture capital community. I think it's very interesting. People look at venture capital as a lean indicator, very important to our region's growth. What did you see when you looked at the numbers for 2017? The top line looks great. We've got these big mega deals. We're, we're seeing the total amount of venture capital is reaching recent highs. I, th I think the last time it was this high was back in 2011. So we're, we're on the upswing. It, it's a sign that we might be closing the gap with other venture capital heavy uh, tech ecosystems. But if you look sort of down the chain at the number of companies that are actually winning these deals, there's fewer and fewer companies getting them. I, I hear from a lot of local entrepreneurs that there's a lot going on at the seed stage. So if you've got you know, four guys in an idea in your garage, you can pretty easily find fifty or a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, get your idea out the door. But making that jump from seed to A round is nearly impossible. And then it's really, you know, takes closer to B or C round where you've got maybe a hundred employees and a, a pretty decent revenue stream before you you find it easy again to bring in these mega deals. So the funding gap that you've described I see it every day. I hear people talk about it constantly. It's a chronic discussion. When you published this article, it created some conversation. Does anybody come up to you with an idea for how to solve this problem? I think it's just a, fa a, factor, a factor of what venture capitalists are choosing to do with their money. At the end of the day, most of the state-sponsored programs that we have are not going to want to go for that A range. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're not going to have the, the government of Maryland write it. A ten million dollar check, <laughs> or even a two million dollar check. Right? Yeah, it's just not going to happen. So, I guess at the end of the day, we're beholden to uh, the, the VCs at this point to sort of uh, take a closer look at these mid stage firms. When you talk with entrepreneurs, do you get a sense that they differentiate between entrepreneurship working with the federal government or entrepreneurship working with the product company? Well, around here, it's all federal. It, we've been trying to build this product community, but as as you've written, I think in your report from about a year ago, even our cyber community, which is probably the most vibrant product environment we do have at this point, is pretty much service-oriented. These yeah. are mostly service firms. I don't know. What do you think? Has there been any progress since that report? I think that the same way with Amazon, we've got the questions framed now. I'm, I'm looking for people to actually form some sort of comprehensive regional approach, whether it's a not-for-profit or a or for profit that cuts across regions and starts to build product companies. And the same way, I think Amazon's going to force us to look at workforce. My view is I'm not hearing enough people talk about regional solutions. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about regionalism and why we're not good at it. True. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily, it's always going to be the case that we don't have a regional approach here. It's just that to the extent that we do have a regional approach, it is the federal government. If some people want to change that, it's going to be pretty difficult. Just about so, impossible, I'd say. Yeah. We lose a third of our economy. I guess we could change it and we could all not work. But That's anyway. right. <laughs> Aaron, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, folks, follow Aaron Gregg at the Washington Post. He writes regularly on local business issues. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. 
How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.